Welcome to the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast, where we bring you real life working mom stories, tips, tricks, and advice for thriving and surviving in motherhood. Because you shouldn't have to experience working motherhood alone. Join our community of support as we discuss all of the things and how we get by in this sometimes crazy and imperfect journey of working motherhood. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Working Mom. Today on episode number 17, I am talking to Maria Smith. Maria is a corporate working mom who also decided to start a blog called Confessions of a Corporate Mom because she really seen the need out there to help support other working moms in their journey of motherhood, career, and life. She believes we're all in this together and really tries to support other working moms by sharing their stories and connecting in a way that creates lasting friendships, community, and purpose. The purpose of her blog is to provide perspective and create a therapeutic outlet to let out the craziness that sometimes engulfs her life. So we had a really great conversation talking about all things related to her career, moving around a lot as you know her and her husband accepted various stages in their careers and what moving around looked like. We talked about also, you know, how we're all similar as working moms. We have some common struggles and just how to manage working motherhood really dived into her stories and how she shares other working mom stories on her blog. So let's just dive into this conversation. There's so many good things in here that we share with you, and I think you'll really enjoy this. So let's get started. Hi, Maria. Welcome to the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. Hi, Kelly. Thanks for having me. Yes, of course. I'm so excited to talk to you today. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? your family, as well as your career path and your working mom story? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, so I'm Maria Smith, and I'm originally from Lexington, Kentucky, of which actually that's where I'm doing this interview from because I came up here to visit my mom for about five days. And it's good to be back home. I haven't been home in a little over a year because we have moved around quite a bit. And so I am married to my, I guess you could call him my high school sweetheart. I met him when I was 17. I was a senior in high school. He was a sophomore in college, but we met at the now no longer Toys R Us. (laughs) So we worked (laughs) together and you know, it was, yeah, I met him. And I think from the moment I met him, I knew I was going to marry him. So we've been married almost 15 years together 21 in January. We have three kids. We have Miriam, who's about to be a teenager. Cannot believe that. 
We have Luke, who is 11, and our baby, our wild child baby Jude, who is four. He just turned four in September. So we live in the South Florida area, but we have moved around since we got married in 05. We have moved from Lexington, my hometown, to Atlanta, Georgia, to Nashville, Tennessee, and now to the Fort Lauderdale area. So in the past eight years, we've done a lot of moving and and shaking. And really that was all driven by our careers. So we both work in the corporate space. And I've worked in the corporate space really since I got, for the most part, since I got out of college, I did work for our state department of agriculture for about a year after graduating. And then was actually kind of plucked out of that job through an event that I was working for the department of agriculture, met a district sales manager in the pharmaceutical industry. And long story short, nine interviews later, landed a job with Pfizer Pharmaceuticals. So I was with them for about three years, was laid off in the mass layoff in 09 when the market Mm. crashed and we went into recession. And, but thankfully through some just really good mentorship from a district manager of mine at the time, had told me to go ahead and start looking just to be prepared for the unknown and was picked up a couple of weeks later from another pharmaceutical company, Santa Fe Aventis. So I was with them for about a year and a half and actually became a hand raiser to take a voluntary severance when I saw the writing on the wall yet again because the vision was going to be downsized. So I took a little time. I actually volunteered for a political campaign to be the finance director. And I started fundraising and making money, or I guess, what is it, making money for the candidate. So fundraising money. And then that led to a job opportunity with my current role. So I work for General Motors Financial Corporation, and we are the captive for GM. So we basically sell financing. So we do all of the supportive programs for the captive arm of the manufacturer. And I've been doing that for almost 10 years. So that's, really my journey. It's what moved us from Lexington to Atlanta when I took a promotion. And then my husband's career really took off when we were in Atlanta. And that's what moved us to Nashville and what moved us to South Florida. So in the move to South Florida, I actually took a step back because there was already a regional sales manager in place. Mm -hmm. But there happened be a spot open for me to still be on the team. So, you know, the nice thing about when you're invested with a company, if there is an opportunity to at least stay, that's really what I was looking for at that point. You know, the last thing I wanted to do was find a new job in the midst of a move to a new state and new community and getting three children in three different schools. So yeah, that's a little bit, that's kind of how, I guess, hopefully that's somewhat full circle in a roundabout way. (laughs) Where we are. are No, for sure. Yeah. It sounds like you've had a lot of moves and just a lot of moving pieces going on within yours and your husband's careers. And I always find it interesting to kind of talk to moms and see how they manage the family life aspect of it with everything else going on. Yes, it's definitely can be hard and be challenging. You know, it has its high points and low points. I will say that, but all in all, I really wouldn't change a thing. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So you have a platform called Confessions of a Corporate Mom. So how did that come about? How did you decide you wanted to start that blog and that online space for working moms? Yeah. So it really started back in end of 2013, the beginning of 2014. I was really facing some challenges in my work environment. And I say this with a lot of love and respect for the company that I'm still with because Mm -hmm. this happened at the company that I'm currently with. But I was a new manager. I was a young manager and I was thrust into a role, you know, having been a part of a team for a little less than two years, but being very successful very quickly, you know, was given an opportunity to move my family to 
Atlanta and take on a role where I would be leading a team. So it was a path that honestly started when I was in pharmaceutical sales. It just unfortunately couldn't come to fruition because of all of the changes and the dynamics of that industry, because it was just going through so much, not even turnover, but just restructuring, reorganization. And that was a lot. And living in Lexington, you know, it limits you. It really does. Unfortunately, it limits you from a career, you know, trajectory. So moving to a bigger market definitely allowed for greater opportunities for both my husband and I. So when we made the move to Atlanta, you know, I've got two small children. My husband, you know, left his job to find a new job, which he found before we even moved. So, so that was a blessing and definitely a stress relief for us. But it, the, the blog really started because I was just dealing and working through some challenges of being a young leader, a new leader, and being told that maybe I wasn't the right fit. And knowing that I had tried to do everything that I possibly could at that time, it stung. And it was a very difficult aspect to kind of wade through and to figure out. And so I didn't have a lot of help. I didn't have a lot of people guiding me or developing me. And that at the time was a big miss. It was a big miss on my leadership's part. It was a big miss on my company's part. And I think that, you know, now looking back through a different lens, seven years later, eight years later, you know, I realized that we were just, you know, we were a young company, we were growing. And so we've put a lot of different programs in place different training development, all of that in place. But I was really on the ground level of, of being a part of that. You know, I wasn't even 30 years old and I was, you know, leading a team of people who had been working in the industry for you know, 10, 15 years. So that was tough. That was very tough. And so for me, I've always dealt with challenges through writing and through journaling. So it became an opportunity for me to have a platform to walk through some of that stuff. You know, I was also brutally honest in some of it in the way that it was handled. I didn't appreciate the way in which some of those conversations took place, but all in all, it was a learning experience. The entire thing was a learning experience and it allowed me to grow. It allowed me to develop personally and professionally. And it taught me a ton of life lessons. So that's really where the blog came. That was really how it started. And then I started to pursue other topics and issues that really pertained to working moms in general, because being a leader in that role, you know, as especially a young mom, and then someone who really bared the weight of having made this move with my family. There was a lot, I put a lot of stress and pressure on myself. And so I wanted to be successful, of course. And I wanted to prove that, you know, I could do this. I could make this happen. But as a young mom and a working mom, it was difficult. And there was a lot that I sacrificed. There was a lot that I, unfortunately at the time, probably just didn't have the maturity to say no to. And so I said yes to everything. And I didn't really give myself any sort of grace when it came to my family. I just, I put them on the back burner. So I talk a lot about that too and how I learned from those mistakes. And then fast forward, the blog really laid dormant for a while because I was just busy, (laughs) busy raising my family and everything. (laughs) Then as I started to grow in just how, what I wanted to use that space for, it really turned into a landing spot for working moms to share their journey. I think the one thing I took away from not just writing about my own instances, but then meeting and talking with other moms was that we all have such a unique journey. And while my journey might be different from theirs, they're not actually too unalike. They're actually, we're more similar than we think. And so Mm -hmm. oftentimes we think we're alone 
in this motherhood journey and we're really not. So, and then on the aspects of, of motherhood that I haven't experienced, you know, like IVF or pregnancy loss, you know, those were opportunities for me to learn and to gain a different perspective so that I could become more compassionate and more empathetic. So that's really where the blog has taken a turn at this point. And that's where I'm at with the Managing Motherhood series. Mm-hmm. And I really like the trajectory that it's going. Yeah, I think it's so great that you said we're all similar as working moms. So no matter like what path we come from or what job we have or whether we're in corporate or we're in our own business or no matter like what paths we're taking, I think that's so true. And I think it really struck me recently. I was listening to Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, and she said like something super similar to what we're talking about right now. And I'm like, wow, like I relate to Michelle Obama as a working mom. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I read her book and I felt the same, that same connection in the sense of there's so much struggle because my identity was so wrapped up at one point in my career by my career, you know, my, even my, my identity was really formed and shaped by who I was as a working woman, mm-hmm. not necessarily as a working mom. And I look back and I think it's probably one of the biggest pieces of advice that I give to working moms is to not lose yourself in that process that, you know, you can, that's the beauty of being a working mother is that you bring to that aspect of your life that you are a mom. And there's so much greatness that can be and so much insight that can be provided to younger team members, to team members that don't have a family that aspire to that, to really show them that it's not that it can all be, it's not that you can do it all and all of that, but that you have other priorities in your life and balancing those are okay. Yes, I love that the way you said that not to lose yourself in the process. I I think that's so, so important. I talk about that a lot too. Yes. And you contributed to the Managing Motherhood series. So I was extremely grateful for that as well, because I love sharing everyone's stories. It's just, it's so fun. And I feel like I, because I get to see them before everyone else, I get so excited, um, you know, to kind of read through them and just better understand, you know, people's perspectives. For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've also loved talking to everybody on the podcast because I just get everyone's story too. And it's the same thing. Like I feel very excited to hear all of your stories and it just like very much is my passion to talk to moms and to get their stories and hear about their experiences. So thank you for coming on the podcast. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. So in talking to many different moms over the years and for your series managing motherhood, what have you noticed are some of the patterns of like the biggest struggles moms are experiencing? Is there like typical things that come up in their stories? What have you noticed? Yes. So I have, there are a couple themes that consistently pop up. And you know, what's interesting is when I send everything out, I just say, really, I want it to be a platform for, for each mom to share. I don't ever want to guide or direct the topic or the theme. And if we happen to have 15 women that write about mom guilt, because that's a big one, mm-hmm. then we have 15 women that write about mom guilt, because it's it clearly to me that says that it's so prevalent. And so I think along, you know, that theme of mom guilt and, you know, there's the theme of that perfectionism and finding, you know, perfectionism within your motherhood journey. And so I think that there's a lot to be said for 
that topic of mom guilt and slash, you know, the perfectionism, as well as just the struggle of trying to balance it all. So I think that those three themes are very prevalent. The burnout, you know, we haven't really had a lot of talk yet, which I think maybe this is coming, but just people sharing how they found their confidence or even how work from home has maybe changed their aspect of being a working mom. Those are the themes that have come up more consistently over time throughout doing this. And then I've had, of course, then the one, you know, the themes of, you know, pregnancy and infant loss Mm -hmm. that has come up. I'm trying to think of some other ones that, you know, have become more prevalent, but I would say, honestly, mom guilt has been the biggest one and just kind of finding that confidence in your journey. Yeah, for sure. I've noticed those themes a lot too, especially with the mom guilt. And I'm glad now it's kind of moving in a direction, I think, where we realize that we're having the guilt, but we try to kind of find ways to manage it so it's not guilt, so we can have every part of our lives. At least that's what I try to do. So not thinking of it as being guilty, but just thinking of it, you have to take care of yourself before you can take care of your family. Right. Absolutely. I think that's where, and I will say this, the more that we put it out there, I feel the more that women are feeling more comfortable about talking about it and saying, this is what I'm dealing with. This is my mom guilt because it's that saying of, you know, misery loves company, but it's also that there is safety and validation in hearing the same thing from someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes I feel so much more validated and not as insecure or even crazy feeling when I hear another mom say that they struggle with the same things that I do because it makes me feel like I'm okay. I'm not alone in this. I'm not alone in thinking that way. And the more that we put that out there, the more that hopefully women will start to, to, to realize and resonate with the fact that mom guilt is just such a mindset and honestly can become that self-limiting, you know, belief that Mm -hmm. we're not good enough and we're not doing everything that we should, should be by whatever standard we've created in our own mind. I think that's the other thing is we just create these expectations that no one else sets for us. We convince ourselves that, that that's what we have to do, or that's what we're supposed to do. When in reality, my children just want me to be there for them. And as long as they're fed, clothed, and have a safe, secure environment, <laughs> they really ask very little of me yeah. other, than, <laughs> other than constantly asking for app downloads on their phone. <laughs> That's about all. <laughs> yeah. I'm not at that point yet quite. My daughter is five. So right now the most she's asking is just to be, like you said, just be there. Mom, come play with me, like things like that. And so you're right. Like they, you know, they do ask for very little. But Mm -hmm. the different stages and ages, I'm sure, as they go along, get more interesting. (laughs) Yes, yes, they do. They learn how to be a a very, they learn how to be very persuasive. They learn. I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't know if they've picked that up from us because my husband and I are both in sales or if it's just the way that our children today are being raised (laughs) to. Probably a combination. My daughter is the same way. She's very, I don't want to say argumentative because that sounds negative, but like you said, persuasive. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing because then they'll be able to hold their own when they get older. But yeah, it can be challenging at times. (laughs) Yes, I know. We have said to our daughter on many occasions that she's going to make a fantastic adult (laughs) member of society (laughs) because she will absolutely always advocate for herself and get what she wants. So (laughs) for sure, for sure. Yeah. I love that we are raising daughters to think like that. I think that's so important. Yes. So in terms of, is there something 
you've personally struggled with as a working mom? It could be, you know, before the pandemic or during the pandemic or something that has been amplified by the pandemic or any type of situation. And how did you sort of approach the struggle? So this has been ongoing for me. It's something I work on all the time, but my biggest struggle is, and I guess it goes along too with the advice that I would give to a working mom or just a mom in general is to ask for help. I'm terrible at that. And so I think sometimes whenever I put things out, even on social media, or if I write anything for my blog, it's really guided in, I'm trying to heed my own advice (laughs) because the times that I have asked for help, it's incredible the response that I've gotten. And it, it reinforces the idea that, Hey, If you just ask, people are willing to help you. I think so many times and so often as moms, we just want to do it all. And we also, and it's not even that I'm trying to martyr myself or anything like that, because if I reach my limit, believe me, I will ask for help. I just, I think sometimes that I maybe have this preconceived idea or perception that's just probably easier if I do it myself. And Mm -hmm. so I don't ask for help. And so therefore then, or I say yes a lot, which does coincide with also a lack of asking for help is that I also then sign up for a lot of things and get myself into a lot of situations that has me later wishing I wouldn't have. (laughs) So it's a little twofold, you know, is that I love the saying that, you know, no is a full sentence. Saying no is absolutely a full sentence. And that's something I've had to learn as well. But I would say above that, asking for help has been a big aspect of my motherhood journey that I continue to, I wouldn't say that I struggle with it as much anymore because at this point and at this stage of my children's lives, it's a lot easier to be honest. So maybe I don't have to ask for help as much, Mm -hmm. but I really struggled with it in the beginning. My mother-in-law has played a big part in our life and helping us raise our children. And there were even times when she was saying, Hey, you know, I'll help you out if you want. I'll do this if you want. Yeah. And I get it. She's not a mind reader. And I would simultaneously say no while thinking to myself, No, I really should ask you for this help. But probably a little bit of pride and a little bit of, Nope, I'm their mom. I should be able to do this. So, like I said, I think there's a maturity and a growth that happens throughout your motherhood journey. And you develop and you grow not only as a person, but as a mother, and you realize that you can't do it all. So, my advice to all working moms or just moms in general is to ask for help because you'd be surprised there are people willing to lend a hand. Yeah, definitely. And I think that can also even apply to spouses. If the listeners, if you're married and have a spouse and you think, wow, they just don't help me at all. Sometimes it just takes asking them because they might not have the same intuition that we do. So that's what I've noticed. Like, you know, just ask them like, hey, can you help me go pick up the groceries this week? And chances are they'll say yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Yes. You hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's just the intuitive piece, you know, and I will say I am, I am so fortunate to have a partner and a husband who just gets it. I mean, he's really always helped. And even if there were times that I felt a little overwhelmed and I didn't communicate to him that I needed help, he sensed it. So therefore Mm -hmm. then he would kind of step in and ask, Hey, do you need help? Like you have to let me know because I can't read your mind. Yeah. So there are a lot of things I think early on in, in our marriage and our relationship, maybe with the kids when they were younger that I wouldn't ask. And therefore he would assume that I was doing okay and that I had it all handled. Yeah. And then out of frustration, you know, when I would reach my limit, get upset 
upset. And that's when we would have to communicate better and talk through it. So he is a fantastic help. He's that partner who honestly, when the pandemic happened, that's why I say there's really not much has changed because Mm -hmm. he's always been helpful. And I know that I'm lucky and blessed in, in that regard because I've talked to other moms who don't have that type of setup, but he's always been very willing. Yeah, definitely. I'm very lucky and blessed as well. My husband has always been there since day one, helping when we had our newborn daughter and just doing everything he can to help. He's a firefighter, so he's gone 24-hour shifts. So obviously he can't change that fact when he's totally gone, but when he's here, he's totally on. So I am totally grateful for that too. But yeah, I always see a lot of moms talking about, you know, how they just feel so stressed out completely, like they're doing everything on their own. And what I've started noticing is like, if I tell, you know, give advice to a friend, like, just have you asked, like, have you asked for help? And usually they say, well, no, I just assume that they would assume or know that I needed help. I'm like, no, sometimes you have to be like really explicit and ask. (laughs) Yes. Yes, you do. You do. And that's something that, and I will say too, you know, having gone through therapy and having talked over, there are things that to your point, I would make assumptions about, well, no, that person should just know, or my husband should just know. But when you hear yourself say that, (laughs) and you you have someone on the other side saying, but listen to yourself, would you know, (laughs) would you just magically know? And then you start to put yourself in their shoes and you realize that, oh, you're right. I probably should vocalize that if I want them to do what I'm, you know, thinking about asking them doing, but I'm not actually verbalizing that. So that was always a good exercise for me to be able to realize that it's really more on me than it is on him or on my mother-in-law. If I'm not vocalizing, you know, or even in the work setting, if I'm not getting what I want or what I need, if I'm not being my own advocate and standing up, well, then I can't expect anything to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true as well. Yep. I have no, I noticed that in my time in corporate, you have to definitely be your own advocate. So you yeah. also talk a lot about health for working moms and how it's important to take care of our bodies and our minds and be healthy. So what can be done I guess if someone, if a mom is looking for the best ways to start feeling balanced and strong and managing their career and family at the same time, what advice would you give to them? Well, so the the best advice I would give would be don't try to tackle it all. I think you have to pick apart what's most important. So whether that is, you know, eating healthy or whether that is starting to become more, you know, physically fit, whether it's that you need to get your mind in the right place and you want to start a little bit of a morning routine around gratitude and around journaling, I think all of it can be incorporated at one point where all systems are go and you're being able to accomplish all of those things on a daily basis. But I think you have to start slow. I don't think that you can set out to just say, oh my gosh, I'm going to become physically fit. I'm going to start cooking you know, nothing but healthy meals. And I'm going Mm -hmm. to do all of my gratitude every morning. I don't think that you, it's unrealistic to say that you could do all of those things at one time. (laughs) So my advice, you know, I do talk a lot about that because a lot of women have shared their stories and how much, and fitness is such a big part of my life only because it's for me, it's such a stress relief. 
And fitness is a huge part of my life because it's a big stress reliever for me. And so, but some people, it might be something else. It might be crafting. It might be sewing. It might be knitting. So I really think that it's really what works best for you. And that's always my advice to moms is just to find what works best for them. Mm-hmm. But I have become a huge advocate of taking my health into my own hands. And 2020 was a big year for me to kind of take that to the next level even. So ironically, during the pandemic, I lost 25 pounds and I kind of you know, I set myself up for success because we were working from home and it was a more controlled environment. So as I have now transitioned back into the field, I still can split my time between working from home and in the field. And I'm actually, you know, I'm working while I'm up here in Kentucky. So that's the beauty of the flexibility that the pandemic has provided. I always try mm-hmm. to look for that silver lining. And that is something that before, you know, this trip would have been all a vacation trip, you know, and I still would have been answering, you know, phone calls and stuff like that, but it would have been considered more of a vacation because we hadn't gotten into that mindset of if you have your phone and you have access to your computer, you can work from anywhere. So for me, and that was a total sidebar, my apologies, but that's been a big part of my journey as a mom has always been fitness. Mm-hmm. And then I've added that the health aspect in just trying to eat healthier, trying to cut back on how many glasses of wine I have. My husband's in the business. So that does make it a little bit easier for me to imbibe on a, on a more consistent basis. <laughs> so I've tried to pull back. I've tried to pull back. And, but that's something that I think all of us moms can do is really, even if it's just, and I know, I think, you know, we've heard Rachel Hollis say, you know, move your body for 30 minutes a day. You you know, I personally do the beach body videos and I love the 21 day fix, 80 day obsession, any of those types of programs, because for me, they're manageable. I personally enjoy working out by myself. A lot of people don't, but for me, it works. So I say what works for you, you have to find that pace and just run with it. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm also a person who likes to work out by myself. I do not like to be in a big crowd of people. <laughs> so I get it. Yes. Yeah. I like my calm. I like by myself. And that way, if I mess up, I don't get, I don't become self-conscious. I can just mess up in my, own, <laughs> in my garage. No one's watching me except maybe my four-year-old. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, that's definitely great advice. I think just lately, I've been even thinking for myself, like focus on small manageable goals. And like, if you have a health goal, something that you can do, like you just said, 30 minutes a day, and just try to focus on that instead of like feeling overwhelmed that you have to do like five different things, just pick one for like a couple weeks and then focus on that. Yes. I think that's the, and that's probably the biggest thing that I have with like setting resolutions or setting, you know, any type of goal to do something more is that we typically concentrate and we focus so much on trying to accomplish it all instead of breaking it up into more manageable goals to say, okay, I'm going to just start a healthier lifestyle. And I think sometimes we have these grand plans to do things a certain way. And then unfortunately, that's what sets us up for failure because we get frustrated Mm -hmm. when we can't do it all. And that's what I like about that message of just that consistency and allowing yourself grace. We're not going to be perfect every single day, but if we have more wins, more days where we win than we don't, then I count that always in my W column and move on. Definitely. Yes, I love that. And that's a great transition and wrap up into our little lightning round here. So I always ask every guest a few questions about themselves and just to find out, you know, a little bit about you and what you're working on and what you're excited about for the future. So what is something that you would consider to be 
sort of like a non-negotiable practice. And so we've been talking about fitness and doing things that feed you every day and give and, you know, feed your soul so that you can take care of yourself. So something you must do daily so you can start or end your day on a positive note. Yeah. So, and I guess, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily a non-negotiable, you know, fitness is a big part, but I don't work out every single day, Mm -hmm. but fitness is definitely, it definitely has become a non-negotiable for me throughout my week. Um, or throughout my month. And if I find that, you know, I've gone a few days without working out, then I typically, I become more stressful and a little bit more irritable. So it, then it becomes a quick adjustment for me or to fall back in line for my own sanity, honestly, and for my children's sanity too. (laughs) (laughs) But I would say something that I definitely do daily that became, it was an intention that I had this year was to become more thoughtful daily on what my goals are and what I'm trying to accomplish and to achieve. So I set out to start this company as a side hustle, so to speak, or a way in which I could leave a legacy and do something with my daughter. So that became very much a part of my focus for this year. And so every day it's been about what one thing can I do to maybe move that along? There are days that I feel more accomplished than others, but, and even I've had to have friends tell me and remind me, but you know what? You did that one thing. You at least moved the needle a little bit further because collectively you're going to look back this time next year and realize that that you got more accomplished than you maybe thought in the moment Mm -hmm. just by doing little things along the way. So that's probably right now where I'm at or my headspace. And so for me, how I can end my day on a positive note or even start my day on a positive note is to spend some amount of time, whether that's five minutes, two minutes, 20 minutes, or an hour working on getting this company a little bit further along the way. Yeah. I love that because every little bit counts and I love kind of just like writing down accomplishments in a notebook or a planner and then just looking back on it in a couple of months because I think like you said you don't even realize how much you do when you look back on it and how much you are moving the needle forward. Yes, and it's so good for us to realize those small wins because there's so much it can be such a mental game, you know, that we play with ourselves. So if the more that we can remind ourselves that we are moving the needle, even though it doesn't feel like that. <laughs> Believe yeah. me, I have to remind myself daily of that mantra that, okay, you did this one thing, you got this one thing done, like that you have to just accept that that's a win because I'm not going to accomplish it all in one day. For sure. Yeah, for sure. So what is your favorite working mom hack that would get you through your most hectic or difficult day? Ooh, so <laughs> in starting this company, which is, it's a paper company. And when I say paper, I mean journals, planners. So there's a little bit of a glimpse into kind of what I've been working on. So I would say, honestly, then my favorite working mom hack, I live and die by my planner. So for me, yeah. that was really the reason why I wanted to create a planner because I still have yet, and I've invested in all of them, <laughs> um, I still have yet to find something that just is simple enough, but yet functional enough that works for me, that the space that I need to plan properly. So my, I would say definitely my hack, it's a planner. It's a to-do list. It's a planner. It's writing it down because if I don't write it down, I forget it. I think there was a time in my life when I prided myself on not having to do that. (laughs) And now with three kids and trying to get the company up off the ground, plus full-time work, I absolutely have to write it down. And so in my most difficult days, that's actually my Oh, it's my sanity and it is my security in knowing that I'm somewhat keeping my life on track is by writing things down. 
I love that. Yeah. I'm also someone who has tried out like every different type of planner throughout the years. And I still, I'm the same way. Like I still haven't found that one. So I'm super excited to see what you offer because I definitely will be checking it out. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yes. And I am starting a test group in January. So if you would like to be a part of it, let me know, Kelly. Oh yeah. Yes, do because um, it's a very, very basic and it's definitely in its rough draft form. But I, I want input because that's the whole goal is I want to create something that what you just said is exactly what I find from so many moms. Like, yes, I've never found that either. And not even, you know, working moms, but just women in general, I heard because we largely drive the paper planner market. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> and that's what I want is I want something that where, where women feel that it can do everything for them that that they need it for. And so that's the reason I've been working on this. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And it, that was actually one of the other questions I was going to ask you. So it's a good transition. I was just going to ask you what you're working on that you're most excited about, but that sounds super exciting. And I can't wait to see that. Yes. Thank you. Thanks. Yes. I've got the the planner. I've got some journals coming out that are very, same thing, very basic, but that allow hopefully for women to just free their thoughts and to put it down on paper. You know, I just think that that's, I love technology. I think technology is incredible. And I love that I have a phone where I can put things also in my calendar. But for me, for some reason, writing things down just removes it from my brain. And mm-hmm. there's different, I don't know, maybe I'm just wired weirdly, but there's something different about <laughs> When I put pen to paper or, or pencil to paper, it just gets the thought out of my head so much more than even putting it in my phone. So I don't know. I don't know what I, that. I totally agree. I'm the same way. Yep. I've always, I have, my husband kind of makes fun of me because I have so many notebooks lying around the house. <laughs> I just like have so many notebooks and planners and journals and everything. And it's just, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm with you. I'm, I'm totally with you there. Awesome. Awesome. So who would you consider to be your favorite podcasters, bloggers, or your favorite authors or other experts that have influenced you throughout the years? Oh, wow. So I'd say there's quite a few. And I think they're different in the different spaces that I listen to because I love podcasts. I do a ton of driving. So I listen to your podcast. I listen to all of the working moms in our space and our community. You know, I think everyone should take a listen to them, find an episode that maybe might resonate with them. You know, I understand sometimes I have to go through like binge sessions Yeah, where I'll, I'll binge <laughs> your podcast, you know, three, two, two or three episodes. If I've got a long drive and on the way home, I'll catch, you know, Liz at Bottomless Mimosa, Jenny at Career Mom Podcast with Emily at the Connected, you know, the Connected Mom Life. So I really kind of batch a lot of those and it's good for me because I can really gain some perspective from each of you. I also love if for any murderinos out there, um, <laughs> I love my favorite murder podcast <laughs> and so does my daughter. So I don't know what that says about how I'm, she's always loved those types of like ID discovery, those types of shows. And so while I have to censor some of that podcast, <laughs> she does like, yeah, she loves those types of stories. So yeah, I love like anything on Foundry that's like, you know, Dirty John, Dr. Death, any of those. I know it's now that I'm saying it out loud, I'm like, oh gosh, I'm, <laughs> but then I also love investigative journalists, journal, uh, journalist podcasts. So um, yeah. I love those types of things too. So, you know, most recently, you know, the Curtis Flowers, I listened to 
and I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I'm sorry on the actual podcast, but I can share it with you. But like this American life, I really enjoyed those types of podcasts too. So I would say that. And then as far as reading and as far as helping to like raise kiddos here lately, I really like, I think it's Lisa Darmore or Damore. And I follow her on Instagram as well, but she has written Untangled and she's got some books, especially around raising teens. And so for me, that's been key because I've been trying to, you know, figure out this mind of my almost teen daughter and how I can better have, you know, a relationship with her that thrives. And same with, you know, same with my son, you know, so the book Raising Boys, I love that. And just anything I can really get my hands on when it comes to developing these children to be good humans. I love that. Yeah. I actually discovered a podcast recently called Raising Good Humans. Oh, yes. I have seen that. I want to check that out. Yeah. It's been really good. I'm really liking that one. Good. I'm glad to hear because that I will definitely check that one out. I think that's probably if there was a a pinnacle of my motherhood journey or life and probably just in parenting in general, it would be that if I raise good humans and I feel like I will have done a semi-decent job (laughs) and putting them out in the world and having other people deal with them because my hope would be that they wouldn't have to deal with them and I would actually enjoy being around them because I hope that they would be giving back to the community and just being good people and treating people with kindness and respect. I love that so much, especially in the times that we're in right now with this just whole year of 2020 and everything that's been going on. I think like everything you just said right there just resonates so much because that's how I feel too. You know, raising kids to be good, respectful humans, I think is just such a great priority right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Especially in all of this. And your daughter, thankfully might be too young to kind of know what has gone on, you know, in the media and everything and with this year, but you know, my two older children are very aware. And so it's been, that's been a challenge. It's been a challenge this year to really separate for them and yet also try to allow them to form their own opinions. Because if anything, that's, you know, something that my husband and I champion is we want them to think for themselves. I don't Mm want to be, you know, someone who, of course I'm going to guide them, but I also want them to form their own opinions. And hopefully if we raise them right, they will form, you know, their opinions in a way that serves you know, the good of the group. And Mm -hmm. that's, that's hopefully how we're raising them and teaching them at home and hopefully setting that example for them. Yeah, for sure. I can imagine that has to be a balancing act with older kids trying to, you know, teach them the right thing, but let them have their own independence and their own opinions. Yes, very much so. (laughs) It can can be, it's like walking a tightrope at time. There can be a little bit of that dissonance where, (laughs) I always have to remind myself, you know, where I want them to get it, you know, right. They're still learning and developing. So if I can just provide them some form of safety net to explore their own thoughts and opinions, then hopefully it'll make them more conscientious of other people's thoughts and opinions. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So thank you so much, Maria, for coming on the podcast today. I really enjoyed this conversation. I think there's so much good information in here for people to listen to. And where can people find you online if they want to pursue your resources or your future products? Yes. So right now my website is still in the works for Cottontail Creations. That's the name of my company. It actually has roots in my being born and raised in Lexington, which is the horse capital of the world. 
and my father worked in the horse racing industry. So in the thoroughbred industry. And so it's, and my nickname was bunny growing up. So we've incorporated in the logo, the horseshoe and the bunny. So two things that are just kind of very sentimental and meaningful in my life. And that is still in the works. We're getting that up off the ground. So hopefully soon, but where I can be found is on the blog at confessions of a corporate mom. And hopefully we'll have links to connect you to uh, Cottontail Creations when all of that stuff starts to come out, which should be the first part of 2021. Sounds great. So exciting. I can't wait to see all of that and to discover your new planner. I'm super excited for that. Yes. Yes. Awesome. I'm excited for you to be a part of the test group because I am craving feedback. And so I would love, love, love to hear any feedback that you have on what would make it a better product for you. For sure. I'm super excited for that. So thank you so much again for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it and hope you have a wonderful day. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for all that you do in the motherhood space. Really, it's incredible. And I just love that you share so many good resources that are beneficial and useful to me because you know we're uh, all in this together. Yes. And it just makes it so much more of a positive experience to know that I've got resources like you putting content out there as well to support working moms like myself. Oh, of course, of course. And I love doing it. It's my passion. So yes, very much excited at the possibilities of everything that you know we're all putting out there and everything that's upcoming for all of us in the next few months here. So thank you so much, Maria. Thank you, Kelly. So that was such a great conversation with Maria. I just got so much value out of what we were talking about and just wanted to highlight a few of the things that I think stood out to me. So when we started talking about Maria's career and how her career was not developing, was not progressing, she didn't have the mentorship, really resonated on a deep level with me. I I went through something similar in my career. Another point we talked about not losing yourself in the process of trying to discover kind of what your path is in this working mom journey. I think that's another super important point. We all might have a different path, but really we want to stay true to ourselves and figure out what works best for us, what drives our passions. Because in the end, when we're left, you know, when our kids grow up and they're out of the house, we still want to be, you know, pursuing our passions. We don't want to get to that point and feel like, well, what do I do now? And I also thought it was really great talking about the biggest struggles Maria has seen come up thematically in her interviews with working moms and in her managing motherhood series. So obviously mom guilt is a huge one. We all talk about mom guilt and how we struggle with that and really letting go of that. Also finding perfectionism within our motherhood journey. The struggle of trying to balance it all That's a huge one that comes up a lot in my episodes and in my content as well. Burnout. Burnout is a huge one. And I think that it creeps up before people even realize what's happening. And then sometimes it's too late. So definitely recommend nipping that burnout in the bud before it takes over. And how moms found their confidence working from home. So that's a huge one this year. 
in the midst of a pandemic. I'm just talking about different ways to manage working from home while your kids are home or while you're managing other aspects of your household. Another great thing we talked about was we don't have to struggle alone. It's okay to ask for help. If you just ask, people are usually willing to help. I think that's something we all struggle with as moms, asking for help. We feel like we can do it all, like we can be it all. And if we don't do it all, or if we feel like we're dropping the ball on something, then we just put this huge amount of pressure and guilt on ourselves. And really, it's not necessary. We just need to ask for help, give ourselves some grace and space, and know that we're all just doing our best. So I thought that was such a great episode and hope you got a lot of valuable information out of it. If you would like to follow Maria's journey further, just check her out at Confessions of a Corporate Mom on Instagram, confessionsofacorporatemom.com. And remember, she is releasing some new products, including a planner designed just for working moms that will be coming in 2021. And check out recently she posted, she also has a working mama coffee mug that is really awesome. So go check that out. So thank you so much for listening in to another episode of Confessions of a Working Mom. I will talk to you guys next time. Thank you so much for listening in today to Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes of this episode for all the links to what we've talked about today. Also, head on over to theworkingmomcollective.com to sign up for my free five-day challenge for creating a working mom non-negotiable routine. We've all been there, stressed out, burnt out, and overwhelmed as working moms handling all of the things. My free challenge will walk you through step-by-step my exact method for creating a working mom routine that takes you from burnout to actually waking up and feeling great about your day. And finally, please subscribe to this podcast and rate and review if you have a few minutes. Tell your working mom friends and anyone else that might be interested in this content. I'd love as many moms as possible to gain value from the podcast. If you'd like to nominate someone or yourself to be a guest, please contact me at kelly at theworkingmomcollective.com. I am so happy you chose to listen in today and I cannot wait to dive into next week's topic with you.